Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character and they show it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? Matt Perino here inside Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida, where the Buffalo Bills. Dropped a heartbreaker, 21 to 19, had a chance to win in the fourth quarter. We were going to get into so much of this game here tonight on Shout, a Buffalo uh, football podcast brought to you, as always, by Tops Markets. Uh, falling leaves and crisp weather means it's Tops' favorite time of the year, tailgate season. Uh, I have a feeling, Ryan Talbot, that when people are tailgating for the Miami game in Buffalo, Orchard Park, in a few months, it might be a little bit of a different situation. Uh, you can win the ultimate tailgate accessory from Tops just by purchasing brands you already love. We're going to get into this game. Ryan, it's it's funny. If I, I told you going into this thing, uh, Tyreek Hill only has two catches. Tua Tagovailoa only throws for 200 yards, and I believe it was one touchdown. I think that you probably would have told you the Bills win that game no matter what. They didn't. Obviously, a couple blunders uh, at the end of the game. The one maybe most funny uh, on the Dolphins end when uh, the punter kicked the ball off the (laughs) the butt of one of the players. We'll talk about that, too. But your biggest takeaway and why the Bills now sit here at 2-1. and Yeah, you know, offensive miscues, mistakes that they made throughout this game. If I had to pinpoint down to one thing, though, Matt, I think I would go with the offensive line and how depleted it was by the end of this game. Uh, You look at where the Bills had the ball around the – right near the end zone late in that game. And instead of uh, having Josh Allen under center, he was in the shotgun because you were on your uh, second and third line. And you were, you know, you mentioned your article, they didn't have any reserves left on the bench by the end of this one. So they were worried about the snap uh, and the handling of the snap. I mean, that was proven true at halftime when there was a botch there and Allen wasn't able to to, uh, spike it for a field goal attempt. And instead of maybe using Allen for a quarterback sneak where he most likely gets in on one of those run run attempts, he's in the shotgun. It leads to some bad plays. Buffalo had multiple opportunities. Do not get me wrong. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is going to go down as a loss for the team, and they, they're going to have to kind of learn from those mistakes, Matt. Yeah, and I think you go into this thing and you just kind of make the laundry list of of things that the Bills were dealing with, the adversity that Von Miller was talking about after the game. I mean, losing Micah Hyde just in and of itself uh, a couple days before this game, it's this, you know, a really big game. Now, the Bills played two big games, like primetime games to start the season. So, uh, but this was an AFC East test. And this, I think, the first one where, you know, there was some some real 
hype on the other side, like a changing of the guard. We've seen so many stories around the NFL in the first couple of weeks. Look what Jacksonville is doing out right now in the AFC. It's it's unbelievable. There's some really upstart programs in the NFL right now, and Miami is definitely one of them. Now, I think I leave this game being a little bit more underwhelmed with them as a potential you know threat in the AFC than maybe I was you know during the week and trying to you know really dive into what last week meant. But you lose Micah Hyde going into this game when, you know, Deion Dawkins, I thought, put up really nice after the game and, you know, in a really humanizing way of what he means. And it's more than just football. I mean, you know, he was talking about like, you know, what he felt in his neck and, you know, you're one play away then, you know, with what he was playing with from maybe like never being able to move again. Right. Like those are serious, serious parts of this game, the physical aspect of it. And then you get into the game and you come in without six starters to start. Then you lose four more during the game. At one point, Isaiah McKenzie, who took two IVs during the week, was was had to take an IV during the game, and he was throwing up in between the second and third quarter in the halftime. This guy lives in Florida year-round. So it was a situation where you, know, you saw Spencer Brown hunched over, Stefan Diggs at one point hunched over. The Bills were on the far sideline from the press box. The sun was beating down on them, and the Miami Dolphins, probably by design, were kind of in the shade along with the majority of the stadium. And I just think there was just too many things for them to overcome. And at the end, they just couldn't make enough plays. And, you know, the, the clock running out there and McKenzie not hitting, you know, getting out of bounds probably saved the Dolphins because who knows, Tyler Bass comes in. I think he's almost better from beyond 50 than he is inside of a 50 yards. So that could have been a game winning field goal try. Yeah, you know, Josh Allen said after the game, the Bills really beat themselves. And I know some Dolphins fans, I see some here in the chat, are probably saying that sounds like sore loser talk. But go throughout that game. I already mentioned the the, the failed snap uh, at halftime where he wasn't able to then uh, spike it into the ground. It would have been an intentional grounding at that point. You look at Gabe Davis dropping a touchdown, Matt Milano mm-hmm. dropping a pick six. The, the fact that Leslie Frazier decided to only rush three on a third and 22 play uh, rather than force Tua to get the ball out quickly and stop the uh, receiver short of the markers, L- little things like that. There's probably five or six different ga- uh, plays that if the Bills execute missed field goal by Tyler Bass, they, they end up leaving this game with the win. I'm right there with you. Yes, Miami wins this game, but it, it took them every second of regulation to get a two-point victory uh, against a very depleted Bills roster. So, you know, th- this was a huge game for Dolphins and their fans. Bills had tormented them the last four seasons with Josh Allen going seven and one, the three and oh now, do I still think they're up there with the bills, the chiefs and some of these other Supreme teams of the AFC or even some of the Supreme teams of the NFL. I don't, uh, maybe they'll end up proving me wrong in that regard, but I just don't see them having enough talent to really be in the, in the conversation for a super bowl, uh, at the end of the season, Matt. You know, I want to point out Mike Greenberg uh, from ESPN. He said uh, I, his quote on Twitter was, I love how upset Josh Allen and the Bills were about losing today. That was a tough spot. Short week on the road in the heat. Didn't even mention the injuries. Quote, unquote, they're still the best team in the sport. And honestly, I leave this game still thinking that. And I think part of the problem today, too, Ryan, was you know, Gabe Davis, you know, coming back and playing close to home. He went to UCF, which is a couple hours away might have not been ready to go, but they were, you know, they needed somebody, right? They need, they needed these offensive weapons. They thought it was going to potentially be a shootout with all the pieces missing on defense. And 
I thought that Gabe Davis looked like he was at times laboring a little bit. I think he, you know, he would love to have that play back, especially against uh, Keon Crosser. I had never heard of the cornerback that he was one-on-one with in the end zone before. Uh, but that's a play that you, that's a got, got to have it play right in a game like this, Matt Milano, that interception I wrote in my story is going to be one that he plays back every time that they get ready for the dolphins on film. And he just, is going to be just livid with himself because it was, he is going to probably pull when they, when they pull up the tape tomorrow in the bills meeting room, he's going to pull a Ken Dorsey, whatever's it, whatever's it around him at his desk or, or, or in the buildings and start throwing stuff. Uh, that was uh, pretty entertaining, but that goes to show you, I mean, th- th- these guys were not kidding when they talked about the competitive nature of Ken Dorsey up in that room. And they were so close with all the adversity they fa- they faced going into this game. They were so close on a, on a bunch of different plays and obviously on the final drive. I want to segue really quick into our toolsy player of the game. We give it out wins. We give it out uh, in losses. Uh, Value Home Centers, right now you can head over to their web website, valuehomecenters.com. They have their weekly ad. There's a, there's a deal on a drill uh, made by DeWalt. There's some uh, paint deals going on. You can even get a grill if you want here uh, right before we head into the late fall months and early winter. We're going to hand out our value toolsy player of the game, Ryan Talbot. Who are you going to go with for the, for the Bills? You know, Josh Allen's the easy choice. So I'm going to go away from that. I'm going Greg Rousseau. Rousseau has been a force early this season. Oh, did I take your pick there, Matt, Matt Perino? I saw the, oh, okay. my pick. And, uh, and here's the funny <laughs> thing about that is that I was thinking as I was lining this up, it's like, all right, I'm going to line this up and then I'm going to do my player so I can take him first so he doesn't steal him from me. But I thought, you know what? So you're you know, too gracious. I made you wait a little while. I, right. I wanted to give you that opportunity. So. Yeah, no, he's been a force, Matt. You can line him up inside, outside. He's been producing each week. He had one and a half have sacks today. He had some nice uh, stops as well for this team. You know, he, he was one of those uh, handful of players, a handful of Bills players that I thought really played well in this matchup despite the loss. Other than, I guess, Greg Russo, who are you going to give the toolsy player of the game to, Matt? Right. You're right. You're like uh, Russo. I wanted, I wanted to give it to him. I thought it was almost fitting that in his, you know, home city, the way that he played today and was the, the sole bringer of the chaos back there, really. I mean, Von Miller had the one play, big play in the fourth quarter when he tipped the pass from Tua, uh, forced the punt. Like that was a monster play and a win. Uh, but I thought Rousseau had a couple plays during the game where, you know, whether it was against the run or against the pass, I thought he was really good. But let me give the toolsy player of the game to Devin Singletary, leading the Bills in receptions, nine for 78. He had the uh, one of the two receiving touchdowns in the game, and then he uh, he sprinkled in you know, only nine carries for 13 yards. Zach Moss uh, got off the schneid in a big way with a big 43-yard run in the second half. But I thought Singletary was a really nice outlet, a really nice weapon for Josh Allen in the passing game today. And that's going to be something that they have to lean on in games when teams are taking away the second and third level, you know, having Singletary, who I think Bills are starting to learn, like, all right, get him on the field, keep him on the field. And it's it doesn't even have to be necessarily anything anti-Zach Moss. I know that the Bills, early in that first quarter, Bills fans were kind of, you know, swearing at Zach Moss uh, as, as they ran him two times and it didn't go very well. But I think it's more about letting one of these backs and right now Singletary is just in, you know, the driver's seat in that back, in that, in that back room or that backfield, letting him get the ball and get comfortable in a game. And then maybe lean on a, a, um, a a Zach Moss in the second half, like they did when he's fresh going against the defense that, you know, is sucking wind a little bit. I think that could be maybe the mix 
that works a little bit better than the way that they've gone about it so far early on this year. Yeah, you know, someone close to Singletary was messaging me during the game. He said he had six receptions in his junior year at FAU, his entire season, and he had nine today. Uh, so it just goes to show you that uh, that he is a player that's able to kind of add to his repertoire. He's not just a, a guy that can run the ball. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. I thought all three backs at times today made some nice plays. James Cook, after uh, failing to catch one of, one of the balls that were thrown out his way, uh, really rebounded nicely with some big catches in the second half. Zach Moss had that monster run down the sidelines. But you're right, Singletary once again uh, looked the part of that player that should stay on the field. He's good at picking up blitzers. He's good at catching the ball in the backfield. And when that line is able to open up some lanes, which they really struggled to do today with all those backups, he rushes the ball with, uh, at least with, in my opinion, with the most confidence of all the backs that the Bills have. The backfield situation, Ryan, is it's an interesting one because I feel like what we saw happen today, and I want to get to the super chat from Thomas Falzone, and we will in a moment. But while we're on this, I want to hit it. I think the inability for the that the Bills have shown to run at times, even with Singletary, nine for 13, it's creating a little bit of a problem. And I think you saw it play out here today is that their drives, like Josh Allen has to be the run game and the pass game at times. And I think that the, you know, their their long drives and these plotting drives, part of the reason they're not hitting on some of those big plays in a game like this, because teams are not going to respect their run game until they're able to do it. And I know he broke the one big one that I think really helped in the second half, but you know, look at the final score, Ryan, the bills, they scored five points in the second half. And that's, that's just not going to get it done on the road in most games. I know the, the Dolphins offense struggled. You got, you got to, you got to do more in the run game in particular. Yeah, I, I agree completely. It's something that they're still kind of working through. It's maybe the one area that Ken Dorsey has to really kind of uh, figure out going forward here. You're going to have some big games still on the horizon. You have the Ravens, the Steelers, the the Chiefs, and, and the Packers all coming up here in the near future. So the sooner the Bills can figure out getting the run game going or figuring out the best way to utilize the backs, uh, the better it's going to be for this team overall. All right, Thomas Falzone, drop with a 999 super chat. My man, uh, not elevating Shakir is surprising. Just missed opportunities. Really just need to get healthy. Can't wait for the defense to come back healthy in the O-line. Uh, Dorsey is a legend. So, you know, giving some shout outs here. You know, I think that the the Shakir piece, you know, when he missed that block last week in that game, Ryan, I thought that this uh, DMP was on the way. Like, I, I did not expect him to play today, even with the banged up nature. And, like, honestly, like, I think maybe a, a bigger surprise to me was, and I thought he actually did a, a really solid job, was the Bills going to Jamarcus Ingram off of the bench when Christian Benford got hurt instead of veterans like Saran Neal and Cam Lewis. Now, Ingram, for those that don't know, is undrafted free agent this year. He's a rookie out of the University of Buffalo, somebody that really just didn't get a lot of acclaim coming out uh, of UB. I don't think he was even somebody that was on a, on a lot of teams' radar. And he's hung around. He had a really solid summer. Every Everybody you talk to in the building about him has good things to say. And they put him out there today in a big spot. And he's a lengthy guy. He's a, he's a big kind of, uh, you know, uh, rangy type of player. You don't think that he's the kind of guy that you want to send out there against Tyree Kill and and Jalen Waddle, but I thought he did a pretty good job. He gave up one catch, I think, slipped a little bit on a Jalen Waddle play, but for that spot, hats off to to Jamarcus Ingram. Maybe I should go back and give him my toolsy player of the game. 
Yeah, no, definitely well-deserved. Going back to that first super chat, though, uh, yeah, I, I think the missed block by Shakir played a role, and I think the fact that uh, at the bottom of the roster, the Bills were leaning, obviously going with a guy like Jake Kumara, who also exited the game with an injury uh, because of a special teams play, obviously. So when, when you're trying to decide the last receiver to keep, you have to kind of look at everything. Jamison Crowder is your kick and punt returner right now. Yes, Shakir could probably step up and do that because he was uh, the number one punt returner on the initial depth chart this season. But uh, the Bills have roles for a lot of these guys right now. It's just Shakir is the odd man out. Now, if Kumaro's injury is something serious and he doesn't play uh, on Sunday, well, then he'll be elevated. He'll get some opportunities to kind of redeem himself after the missed block he had on Monday night against Tennessee and, and see what he can do as a pass catcher in this offense. Johnny, uh, over on YouTube with another super chat, you ever see a team go through this in one game? And I think everybody on both sides of the press box today, one of the you know the most common refrains was, I cannot believe what Buffalo is going through in this game. It was almost like, at, at points, are they going to have enough to finish it? And you mentioned the offensive line. I mean, we could have been in a spot in this game, Ryan Talbot, one more injury to Reggie Gilliam lining up and playing some uh, you know inside tackle or guard. <laughs> It's wild. And, you know, we it, it's kind of ironic, too, because we joked about that at training camp this year, not because of the injuries, but we said something about him being the Swiss Army knife. And would you, you know, some one of the players said something about him lining up at uh, offensive line if uh, necessary. And he joked and said he would definitely do it. Well, this was not a joking matter. The Bills were almost at that point where maybe they would have needed a fullback there. Uh, so they are very depleted on the offensive line. You You have to really hope that these a lot of these injuries are nothing too serious that you'll get Mitch Morse back on Sunday and that some of the guys that exited today's game will be ready to go as well for a big matchup against Baltimore. Uh, let tops do all the work for your game day and tailgating spreads. It's perfect for game day or any day. Visit tops carry out cafe for hot to go pizzas, uh, cheese and pepperoni. Large is $14 jumbo chicken wings, 10 count $14 tops is legendary breakfast pizza. A large is 20 bucks. Pizza or taco log, six count, $7.69. Baby back rib sections for $5.99 a pound, plus sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone for the complete menu of ready-to-enjoy fan favorites. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. What's up, everybody? Matt Perino here. One half of the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast here today to talk to you about Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members. It is the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. Testing your skills on prize picks this playoff basketball season is the most simple way to get in on the action. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and submit your lineup. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes prize picks the number one fantasy sports app. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I did want to take a, a second to talk about the Miami fan base a little bit. I, I had tweeted it out last night. I was walking around down on the Fort Lauderdale strip there. It was amazing how many Miami fans I saw being vocal, right? Like when the Buffalo fans usually take over a city, it's it's very Buffalo based. I think a lot of the local fans kind of take a step back. But there was a quiet confidence and I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed some of the inter- interactions that I saw. And, I, and it really does feel like this rivalry is back. This was the fourth time I've been in this stadium since I returned to the beat, Ryan. I couldn't believe how many Dolphins fans were in this house. I didn't know that many Dolphins fans existed. I'm sorry. I know that's going to feel like a shot, but I've been here for four years and I've never seen anything like this. They were loud. They introduced a like a fight song after touchdowns that I didn't even know existed. Uh, Von Miller said after the game, it was an electric uh, environment, atmosphere. And it's cool. Like, it takes me back to my younger days when the Dolphins were the main rival of the Bills, right? Like I grew up in that Dan Marino, Jim Kelly. And I think the whole NFL world suffered through the dynasty that is the New England Patriots and everybody needed a break from it. And it feels like now that these are like the two teams in the division. I still think the Bills are considerably better, but I, I think they're going to be fun games to watch all of a sudden. Yeah, I agree with that. And listen, kudos to the Dolphins fans. You, they were very loud on, on the broadcast. You could hear them. And you see Josh Allen commu- having to communicate with his linemen and receivers on plays. Uh, so they did bring it today. There were some antics from fans post-game going through and, and giving it to some Bills fans with some vulgar language. Not kudos to, to people like that. Be proud of the win, but uh, know how, you know, act like you've been there before. Uh, but overall, yeah, Miami was definitely loud and they were very interested in the outcome of this game. Really wanted to get that win against Buffalo. I think we saw another super chat in here. We'll get to it. I hated the pick of Bernard at the time and even more now. He looks very impressive on film. How was he a third round pick? It should have been an offensive lineman. All right. By chance over on YouTube. Uh, thank you for the super chat. A little bit um, puzzling. Um, we haven't seen a lot of Bernard. He hasn't played a lot. I mean, Taron Johnson is in that role currently. He kind of is that hybrid uh, between linebacker and slot uh, nickel cornerback. Uh, we've seen him on special teams, and I think the special teams units for the Bills have been pretty good. Now, if you're you're saying the Bills should have addressed the offensive line at that spot in the draft, listen, I, I'll listen to that. I, I don't have any problem with that at all. I know that they went out and they signed Roger Saffold, who I thought struggled at times again today. I, I think it's been a little bit of an up-and-down start for Roger Saffold. And this is something we talked about in the offseason, Ryan. He's on the downward trend of his career. Like the passing, the pass blocking metrics on advanced metrics on Roger Saffold, they're not good over the last couple of years. That's where he struggles the most. And lo and behold, in this offense, what are offensive linemen doing the most? They're pass blocking. So that that's definitely a problem. I thought, you know, things broke down up front. I thought Melvin Ingram played really well today. I think uh, yeah, I think he finished with two sacks and the, the Bills struggled to block him. And even when they weren't blitzing, and I think the combination of the blitz packages that they put in, that they had uh, executed, paired with the effectiveness of some of, some of their defensive linemen, Ingram being the, the most consistent, 
it gave the Bills problems. And now Josh Allen still threw for 400 yards and this this offense moved the ball. But I thought they really clamped down in the red zone. And and you got to you know tip your hat if you're the Bills, like Von Miller said, to what the Dolphins were able to do defensively today. Yeah, Ingram's been a little bit of a, a thorn in the side for the Bills for a few years now. I believe he was in the Pittsburgh game last year that yep. uh, had a big performance. I think then he was released and signed by the Chiefs, and he might have made a play yep. or two for them as well. So uh, he, he's someone that's had Buffalo's number and the offensive line's number a little bit. Uh, before he exited with the, the heat illness, he one of the plays, I believe, is he just like blew right by Spencer Brown, really uh, got by him. So, yeah, they, they dialed up some good pressure. They got to Josh Allen. They took advantage of, of Buffalo's offensive line and all the uh, injuries to it. There were some good things that Miami did. This is not 100% the, the Bills, you know, costing themselves the game. Miami did a few nice things. That long ball from Tua to Jalen Waddle, where the Bills only sent three, you know, kudos to him, though, for nailing that throw. Uh, some nice play calls dialed up. They did some good things today. There's no taking that away from them. Uh, but the Bills, obviously, at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot when they go back and watch the film that they would love to have back. All right. Uh, let's move this right along. What are some other performances that you want to highlight before we wrap this thing up, Ryan Talbot? Uh, Matt Milano minus the pick six. I still thought he had a really good game, had some tackles right at the line of scrimmage, uh, having a really nice season to date so far. You mentioned Josh Allen throwing for 400 yards, rushing for 40 plus really carrying the team on his back. And and then I'm, I'm also going to say, you know, kudos to that secondary. I know they, they came up short. They lost the game. They, they gave up a few of the longer passes, but considering how banged up they were, that the way they limited Tua in that offense, uh, I, I thought that they played very well in, in, in the face of adversity. Yeah, I, I definitely think that Milano has been a firecracker for the Bills. I mean, uh, he had the pass breakup, obviously, four tackles, but he's flying them around. And I think, you know, you, you want to look to a spot to, to credit, you know, a couple of veterans for the ineffectiveness of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle for the most part, considering when the game they're coming off of last week, I look at Milano and Edmonds in coverage. I think that, you know, they, they did a nice top job setting the tone. And then, you know, I thought that the biggest key piece to the defense today was Taron Johnson. He was flying around. He was making tackles, you know, even in the run game, his toughness and his awareness and his reaction time, like, you know, pushing a run outside, not letting, the, you know, I think it was Chase Edmonds or it might have been Mostert on the play, cut back inside, led to ended up leading to a, a, a drive stop on the, the play that I'm referring to. He was just really good in coverage today. I thought that they played really sound. And, you know, this was Jaquan Johnson's first real big time opportunity, right? DeMar Hamlin, same thing. I talked to him after the game. You know, he seemed unbothered, you know, even by the big play that he gave up to Jalen Waddell down the middle. It looked like a bit of a miscommunication. I thought when I was watching it live that it was a single high uh, look where, you know, DeMar Hamlin was on the back end. I think his representative tweeted at me and said it was a cover two look and that I got to do my homework, which is fair. So I asked DeMar Hamlin about it and he said they were in cover two. Um, so obviously just, you know, you're in a situation where the, you know, he said the hats off to the wide receiver making a good play, but you, you know, I also wonder how much if Micah hides back there, if Tua feels comfortable unleashing that kind of pass. And that's, that's nothing to say about Jamar Hamlin's game. I thought he was good. I thought when they used him as a blitzer, even getting in on that sack where Greg Rousseau won uh, his rep and, and helped, uh, I think they ended up splitting the sack uh, in what I saw there at the end, but a lot of, inexperienced players coming in and playing an important role with adversity, the heat conditions on the road, divisional game against a really good team. There's a lot of good things to take away from this. If you're the bills, like Bob Miller said. 
Yeah, and there are no moral victories in the NFL. The standings still say two and one, uh, but but I think you're right. This is the kind of game that can bring the team closer together. The fact that they fought so hard in in uh, difficult circumstances and really could have come away with the win. So we'll see how that goes going forward. But tough losses happen. It's a long season. This one kind of reminds me of the the Titans game from last year where Allen's not able to get that last half yard or yard on the QB sneak. They weren't able to get those tough yards near the goal line. So, you know, it's another case of the Bills failing to win a close game. Maybe that's a a concern if you're a Bills fan. Every uh, win of theirs, the past 20 have been by double digits. So uh, we, we do need to see them win some close games here soon, but the opportunities were certainly there. Bernardo Dice from Brazil. What is up, Bernardo? 0-7 for the Bills in the last seven one-score games. Do you guys think the coaches are missing something? They need to fix that to have a shot at the Super Bowl. Thank you, Bernardo, uh, for chiming in here. And, uh, yeah, let's get into that because I did get a, I actually got into DM today about a fan that was kind of disappointed in Sean McDermott. Um, I get a lot of those DMs usually on <laughs> game days when they lose. But I thought it was a situation today where the one – issue I had with McDermott if I were to have one was when they were driving and they settled for the field goal that I think was blocked on the fourth and four I go for it in that situation you had the best player on the field I know that your your offense is struggling like you, you deal with all this but I think that that kind of decision may, it sends a message I mean your defense to that point you know was playing pretty good you know keeping you in the game you take a chance you and you extend the drive. Maybe Tua doesn't come down. I think they ended up scoring on the next drive. I'll have to look that up. But overall, did I think that this was a place to blame on Sean McDermott kind of game? I don't know. I, I wouldn't go there. They have to be a little bit more um, competitive in close games. But there was a lot of circumstance to this one, Ryan. Yeah, definitely circumstance to this one. And again, Gabe Davis drops a, a touchdown pass. He gets two feet in and it gets ripped away from him. So I shouldn't say drop, but he, he doesn't complete the action of the catch. Uh, Josh Allen short arms a throw to Isaiah McKenzie. That would have resulted in a touchdown. The offensive line most likely prevents Buffalo from uh, being able to go for any kind of quarterback sneaks because you're, you're afraid of the uh, under the center type of snap. So there's a lot of little things, but missed field goal, botch snap before halftime. A lot of points the Bills could have had, not to mention, again, Taron Johnson could have had a pick six uh, in the first half had he been looking at that pass that Teddy Bridgewater threw. And that's not really on him. He was making sure Tyreek Hill didn't catch the ball and then kind of getting yardage with it. And then Matt Milano as well. So Buffalo had more than enough opportunities, just didn't capitalize on set opportunities. A lot of energy from Miami Dolphins fans, even in the chat here, yeah. coming into the Bills postgame show to, to, to bring that uh, energy. And listen, it's it's been a tough run for them. I mean, seven straight losses to a team will get in your feelings. And I guess you, get, you take a win any way you can get it. I remember during the Bills run against the Patriots when they thumped them. I think it was like a season opener game. I can't remember which one it was, but um, it was the was it the lawyer Malloy game? Was that the one where they like, or or Sam Adams game? There was one in that that run where it was like, all right, they finally beat the Patriots. And then it was just yeah, that it was went on. forty-one nothing, both of them. Yeah, Sam Adams had the the pick six in that one. Um, mm-hmm. Malloy had come over after getting caught, so pretty much knew I think everything the the Patriots are trying to do in that matchup. So yeah, and, and listen, some people were joking that this was the the Dolphins regular season Super Bowl, and in a way, it, I think it was for some of the fans. And that's not a shot at the Dolphins fan base, but after they beat the the uh, Patriots in Week One, they're the fans chanting, "We want Buffalo, we want Josh Allen." 
this was their regular season Super Bowl. Now, obviously, the actual Dolphins team has aspirations of making the playoffs. I think they have a good chance of being a wild card team this season. So maybe they'll be able to get better as the year goes on and make some noise. Uh, but if I'm a Bills fan, I, I just kind of, you know, you, you flush this one away and you move on. You definitely didn't get any kind of impression that Miami was superior in any uh, way, shape or form. So if I'm a Bills fan, I'm, you know, I'm I'm sure it's you're bothered by the loss, but I wouldn't be too bothered by it. That's a great point, Ryan Talbot. Uh, I think that is a great final thought to leave with everybody. We will be back with um, two shows next week. So we're going to do, I think, either Wednesday night or Thursday night. We got to talk about that. Maybe we'll do a Thursday night show if that works for you, Ryan, just yeah. because we don't have a Friday show because I'll be traveling to Baltimore and Ryan will actually be in Buffalo for an event. So we won't have a preview show. So we're going to do one show probably Thursday night. Uh, so get ready for that. Um, and then we'll obviously be with you after the game in Baltimore next week. All right, Tops Markets, now through October 29th. So you got about another month to go. Every time you use your Tops Bonus Plus card to purchase participating brands like Pepsi, Campbell's, and Smithfield, and so many more, you're automatically entered for a chance to win a tailgate and go kitchen for the ultimate tailgating experience. As seen on Shark Tank, Tailgate and Go Kitchen is a portable outdoor kitchen and dry box made for any outdoor cooking setting. Set it up in the backyard, backwoods, or stadium parking lot in seconds. Comes with built-in cutting boards, paper towel, towel holder, bottle opener, spice rack, food divider compartments, storage net, and lid, and knife magnet. I mean, is there anything this thing doesn't have, Ryan Talbot? It's the Reggie Gilli- Gilliam of... Uh... Of these uh, tailgate uh, coolers has everything can do everything Matt. It's so versatile. Uh, Scott Maranto is wondering, uh, will that be before or after the Bengals smack the dolphins back to reality on Thursday night football? Whoa. Shots fired. Uh, we'll probably actually be, it'll be in the later side if we do it Thursday. Cause I teach class on Thursday night. So we'll talk about that. We'll get it posted for you guys and give you plenty of uh, heads up. Uh, and we will be right back in a couple days. Have a great week. For Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. Thanks for listening to Shout. Watch and Shout. See you soon. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.